On today's episode of The Glue Guys, I'm sick. I ugh. Oh, come on. Uh, Get your matzo ball, sans matzo ball soup going. I got my, my chicken oh, noodle boy. soup for the YouTube audience. Um, You'll be fine. Like the we'll rest of the Nets team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll turn it up. We'll turn up the notch. We'll, we'll notch it up. Talk uh, about big, the best we one. had a big win and a big loss, Mike. That's what we'll talk about and all kinds of cool stuff. I'm here to, I'm here to carry the load, Mike. Put the load on me, brother. More coming up next. Okay. Back to the glue guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at PK Glue Guys, netsdaily.com. The authority, get yourself on the paywall. Theauthority.com slash glue guys. Brian. The Nets are we're just so close to being back. So close. How are you? How are you, Brian? We are tantalizingly close to being back, Mike. Um, and that's that's maybe the theme of the show today. You know, it's, we had a, a per, I realized after I went to bed last night, I was thinking about this mm. team and I went to bed and I was like, that was a perfect distillation, a microcosm of just world beating, world class, high energy, big vibes, 60 point game from Kyrie put on one of the like best performance, single individual performances I've personally ever seen as a bro who watches hoops. And then the next night he can't play and we take a, uh, Sad boy loss to Spencer Dinwiddie's Dallas Mavericks. Um, yeah. And that was it. That was it right there. We, um, well, my green skin's active. Yeah, Brian's green skin's really like showing out <laughs> yeah, for St. Yeah, Patrick's yeah. Day. Yeah. It's yeah, like, here we go. the green hey, will pop out. St. Patty's. Um, <laughs> I'll try to fix it. Anyways, the, that was, that was my takeaway, Mike. And it, um, we can get into that. We can get into it. Do you have any, did you watch the games? Did you like what you saw? Um, the Kyrie game against the Ma- I mean, I'll ask you this. Did you wish Kyrie had continued to play in that fourth quarter? I did. I wanted to see. I thought we we could have got to 80 in that game. I think Kyrie like just could have kept putting up buckets and scoring at least 70. When he was at 60, they took him out 835 left in the fourth quarter. I think they could have just done a Kyrie-centric offense and gotten buckets. But- Possibly. I don't um, think about what ifs like that, Mike. I just, you know, I don't traffic that. I'm enjoying the 60. I'm savoring it. It was a, um, yeah, I mean, it was otherworldly. And he's just been like otherworldly since he came back to the point where I was um, sort of suggesting, do you think that in his mind, he's got like a placebo effect going of like, he's like, <laughs> I'm unvaxxed. I believe in the power of the unvaxxed. Everyone else is vaccinated. So they are lesser than, and now I'm playing to, you know, a higher level. And now it's a psychosomatic kind of result that we're seeing here. Cause he's just been unbelievable Mike since he's just been back I mean when he plays it's just he's having a like ridiculous season at this point is that in that scenario does he also have some recognition of the fact that he's playing only half the games and he's the freshest player in the NBA if this placebo delusion (laughs) is to really take effect it needs to be purely about about the vaccination status I think it did make me think like, so Will Chamberlain's 100 points in a game is like one of the great sports stats in sports. It's one of the great ones. I mean, it's 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 thought to be unbreakable. It's going to be very hard to reach that that place. 
But I do think it's it's got to be this situation where a guy like basically you have to game plan around the idea that you are going to go for a hundred. So you will need to sit a bunch of games going in. You'll need to pick the perfect team to play against. The Orlando Magic is a great team with which to try to score a hundred. And you need to go into the game saying, I'm I'm gonna do everything I can to score a hundred points. Because I don't think it's like possible if you're a regular NBA player like Kevin Durant and you play every game and you know you're tired. There's some diminishing ability there because you're slightly tired. Kyrie, though, he has this amazing opportunity to make history because he's playing half the season. So like that, he is showing the blueprint for how to break Wilt. Um, I, I have a question for you for the Dallas game. Do you take so obviously the, the game was a super fun game. Um, the Nets, of course, lost in a last second shot to Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, just before that, Kevin Durant hit an amazing shot in his own right. Um, the Nets basically gave away two decent sized leads throughout the game, and they lost the fourth quarter by 34 points for the Mavericks, 20 points for the Nets. Do you take away from that game? as being a positive sign or is it a negative that they lost? I think, I mean, why the, why I say it's a microcosm is that, you know, we are, we, I think basically here's what I'm going to, I'm going to go out and take a, a bold, hot take stance. Our championship dreams hinge on Kyrie getting vaccinated. That's been said before, but I'm just going to say at this point in the season, you know, there's, We'll talk about it maybe later. Some, we got some emails about some like spikes going now, on, man. spikes going on in Hong Kong. You know, there is a a, a surge um, in other places in the world. I, if I'm a betting man, these mandates are not going to go anywhere. Uh, I, if I am someone who wants to stack W's and win chips, I am going to say like we need to take control of the situation, have some agency, and uh, and get, oh, here comes Niraj Patel, Doctor Patel. How are you, sir? Hey, Look back up. again. We're doing a Hopping pop-up. We're, go- we're live, so we're, we're going. We're just rolling. Oh, love it. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> we wanted, to, we wanted to bring Dr. Niraj Patel in because uh, obviously, as the continuing struggle in the Nets world is uh, always a medical issue that's popping up. Uh, Dr. Patel, you know, maybe other people didn't hear you the first time you're on the show. Give people your CV again. What do you do and who are you? <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm Niraj Patel. I'm an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, I'm out here in Chicago. Uh, my specialty or my niche, I guess you would say is pediatric orthopedic sports medicine. So mostly take care of children, adolescents with sports injuries. So ACL tears, meniscus injuries, things like that. Um, originally East coast guy from, uh, Edison, New Jersey, you know, um, <laughs> lived, in, lived in New York for many years as well before I came out, came out to the Midwest. So that's what I do. Um, and so I take care of a lot of these similar injuries and in slightly younger, younger patients, basically. And and what's in the background there? What's that Nets signed? There seem mm. like some signed. Oh yeah, paraphernalia. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, coming to you live from uh, from the top floor of my my uh, my little house here in Chicago. But that is a like mini backboard from Barclays. So what year was that? What year was Rondé Hollis Jefferson a rookie? Whatever year that was, twenty fifteen uh, maybe. Something like that. Yeah. So I, I was a season ticket holder in Brooklyn before I I, I moved. Uh, so the first five years in Brooklyn, uh, I had season tickets. Nice. 2012 to you know whatever 2017 and so um those were good years a, man 
there were some there's there's some rough years there too but you know overall it was it was great i mean for me it was like the the bucket list come true right i was like wait i can get season tickets to my favorite team you know and and go like great so yeah no basically one one day after a game they had a uh an event where you can like go down and get people to to sign stuff actually i think there were a couple of them so i brought that backboard to a, a couple of those events and got it signed up by a bunch of the uh the og brooklyn <laughs> brooklyn roster so there's like Kar- Karis Levert's on there, and I think Brooke Lopez, Rondé, you know, a bunch of guys like that. The process Reggie Evans roster. is on there. Yeah. Oof, oh, that's, that's a rough one. Yeah. Rub that one off. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I hear that the Nets are uh, are selling a, a new piece of paraphernalia, the epidural that they gave Ben Simmons. Mm. Um, Doctor Patel, please. Um, obviously, you say you specialize in, you know, uh, joints and ligaments and stuff like that. Um, and, and the, the spine isn't that if I'm correct. Um, but I think, <laughs> you know, more than we do about, well, Brian is a, a back injury sufferer. So he's basically, I had, on the same I had, level a, as I had a back surgery. So you become a, oh, you know, no. an amateur, an amateur. What have, back I specialist. feel like last time we were talking about your Achilles or something like that, weren't we? I got, I, I've talked about how I broke my pinky by getting shot in the hand with a, um, a t-shirt candidate at MSG. That's that's a true story. <laughs> that's a true story. And, and further and reason why I hate the Knicks. Yeah. I was gonna say that that's just another reason not to go perfect. to MSG. It was perfect. You know? uh, but I did. I had the L five S one. Oh, maybe L5. I got that mixed. That's laser, right near the Ben Simmons laser territory. Discectomy. So so I know a thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now now not not to you know HIPAA and all that. Not to pry here. Did, did they do any kind of like fusion sort of thing, or was it just no fusion? Just going in and shaving off. I think they just shaved off part of two discs or something. Because, I had yeah, a yeah. um, yeah. I don't know. I had Got I had it. an atrophy disc or something just like withered and died. I don't know. It wasn't like a normal. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, anyways, that sounds dramatic, but yeah, yeah. So, so we know from Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne that Ben Simmons has an irritation of the L four disc of the lower spine. Um, but there's hope that he can return for a couple of regular season games before the Nets go into the probably the play-in. Um, okay, you you know they hear that information. Uh, of course, we could all Google L4 disc, and we see a pretty picture of like the the lower spine. But tell people when you hear that information, what does it make you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess in general, I would start to say that uh, you don't love back injuries in you know high performance athletes to start with right so that that's not ideal and i think before and i can't recall from from his philadelphia days if there was much more detail on like what specifically his back issues were at the time uh we just knew that he had some flaring up of of back pain every now and then um you know when you think about back pain i think you know it's two big categories that you put it in right and the, the most common is just your uh, sort of run-of-the-mill kind of muscular mechanical back pain so not necessarily re- related to like nerves or spinal cord or you know anything sort of serious like that but just kind of you know wear and tear of some of the the muscles and stuff like that down there dime a dozen you know a lot of america has that and uh, you know you treat the symptoms do a little therapy most people do okay um i think you know what was a little bit worrisome just when this announcement came out yesterday was that um you know, all of a sudden we're talking about discs and nerves and stuff like that. So not to say that this is like some career ending, you know, um, ominous thing, but a little more serious than just if it was, oh, you know, my back gets a little sore after I'm very active and I just need to like rest it and, you know, work on some core strengthening or something like that. Um, so essentially what happens is, um, and you know, we've, we've got a, a firsthand expert here on the line too. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to downplay your experience by any means. 
um, you've got <laughs> you've got these discs between the vertebrae, right? And so the discs are kind of like this sort of spongy structure, you know, can kind of absorb some of that impact, especially in these guys that are running, jumping, doing uh, high level stuff. Um, over time, what can happen either due to sort of just repetitive uh, stress, trauma, that kind of thing from, from activity, or certainly old age, we know as, as, uh, as you get older, these discs kind of like dry out as well. So from any combination of those two things, those discs can kind of uh, flatten or bulge, uh, dry out, that kind of thing. Um, if, if they bulge or, or even herniate, which is when they like really pop out, um, what can happen is that they can, they can impinge or basically, you know, butt up against the nerve roots as they come out of the spinal cord. Right. So, um, essentially from the spinal cord, you've got these little nerves, the nerve roots that then come branch out at every vertebrae and those then kind of branch out further into other nerves, you know, throughout the body. So what's probably happening here, it sounds like, is that that L4, uh, you know, one of the discs around that L4 area is probably, you know, bulging out a little bit or something like that and probably irritating one of those nerve roots right next to it. Um, and that that seems to be, from what Woj is reporting anyway, um, what's causing uh, ben Simmons pain. From my experience, and I wonder if this is common, I had a very like reliable way of triggering it, like, like my back just going out, which was like just one very specific range of motion with my right leg. So like basically like the range of motion, if you're pressing a gas pedal on a car is like a very easy <laughs> way to, which was why I ended up having, I was like, I can't not drive a car. This is ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, that's why I had to get it. But is that like, uh, is that normal or is that part of like, you know, just like there's a very specific range of motion that makes it kind of go out or be difficult? It certainly can be, you know, yeah. um, just based on, it depends on, you know, what, what the disc yeah. is doing in there and what part of it might be like peeking out a little bit and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, absolutely. You know, there may be a certain motion, oftentimes like a certain type of twist or turn, you know, something like that, that may then, uh, you know, make that disc rub up against that nerve a little bit more and then cause those symptoms. Um, and, you know, the specific type of symptoms aside from the pain, um, sometimes depending on the severity of the, the disc problem and the nerve root problem, uh, you can get, you know, sort of people talk about like sciatica, you know, or essentially just radiating pain that starts kind of like in that back and may shoot down the leg or something like that. Um, when it's really bad, you can get weakness of the muscles, you know, uh, numbness, tingling, stuff like that. It doesn't sound like that's what's been, what Ben Simmons is going through right now. It sounds like it's mostly just pain, but, um, but still, uh, you know, it's not, not the greatest news in the world when you find out that it's a, it's a disc problem that's kind of uh, causing, causing these issues for him. Yeah, I have a Bobby Marks tweet that was in the Nets Daily article that Bobby Marks is saying there's four documented cases of Simmons having a back issue prior to this season. He missed nine games because of a nerve impingement in his lower back. And then yeah. there was a reoccurrence um, like a month later, and that took him out into last May. So he had this going into that playoffs where he kind of crumbled. Now, Brian had a theory, and I, I agree. So <laughs> this is real. And I'm, I, I'm not even making fun yeah. of okay. Simmons' mental health. But well, mental stress can impact your back, like gives you back pain if you are stressed, not physically, but mentally, under pressure, gives you back pain. Uh, obviously, we don't think that's happening here because from what we heard, it's like it was like a, in the ramp up to him playing is when he got this back pain. I guess I guess my real question is we see him sitting there on the sidelines. Like what do we can we extrapolate anything from that? Like he's sitting there in a in a probably an uncomfortable chair. 
Yeah, those chairs do, do not do look make, like. What do we yeah. make of that? Like, does because I I made a big deal out of Joe Harris walking in the snow to get coffee in Cleveland, <laughs> and yep. and maybe that re-injured him. You know, we don't know. We haven't got the we haven't got the information on that yet, Brian. Don't yeah. laugh. True, true. Hope it was good coffee after yeah. all that. You know, <laughs> is, is what are, should we feel any comfort the fact that Ben Simmons can go to games and you know sit in a chair for multi, for many hours? Does that mean anything or nothing? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's hard to read into it a lot. I mean, I think you can generally say that, all right, well, this this spine problem, this nerve root problem, this disc problem is not so severe that the guy can't sit in a maybe less than, the less than comfortable chair for long periods of time. Uh, you know, clearly he's in the pra- practice facility here and there doing some things as well, not, you know, really kind of uh, on court one-on-one, three-on-three stuff yet. But, you know, he's, he's running around doing a little bit of stuff there. So, Certainly it's not as severe as somebody that's like, oh man, I can't walk at all. Or, you know, like you were saying, like, I can't drive my car, um, that kind of thing. So I think from that standpoint, probably encouraging, but at the same time, it's hard to say, you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, uh, he might have a scenario where like there's one specific type of motion or activity or something like that, that then causes that, that pain to flare up. And so, um, you know, he can't go back to fully what he wants to do. Um, so I, I don't know how much we could read into that. I, I think the best we could say is that it's not a severe, severe, you know, spine problem, but there's obviously shades of gray, you know, between zero and a hundred. So um, tough to say for sure, I think. So what are we looking for within Woj's story? Uh, there was a plan for Simmons to come back tomorrow to play basketball. That's not happening. Um, he got this epidural. When do you think we, if if let's say Steve Nash comes out tomorrow in his pregame press conference and says Ben is feeling better, can we take anything into that? Or you know, like what are we waiting for in China? What what crumbs are we trying to understand whether Ben Simmons is going to be actually playing basketball for the Nets this year, or if he's going to get traded for Carl Anthony Towns in the off season? <laughs> Whoa, hold on! You can't just throw that one in there. <laughs> just dangle it. That's my new. That's around. my new theory. That's a good one. That's my new theory. Because the Timberwolves did show interest in Ben Simmons, and hey, who knows? Who knows? I mean, we saw the Carl Anthony Towns tweet about Jersey Strong with uh, Kyrie. True. That's true. Just, I, come Love on, that. I need something to have fun with here because <laughs> the season's a tough one. But yeah, what, what, what do you? What are we looking for? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, so he had that epidural injection. And so just to kind of recap too, what that is, is it's typically a steroid injection um, that, uh, you know, any specialist, spine specialists, uh, even radiology, interventional radiology specialists can do it. Essentially, they use some kind of image guidance to make sure that the needle um, that's going in with the medication with the steroid is going into the right area to the right, you know, uh, 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 disc level and all that. And then they inject some steroid to sort of cool down all that inflammation uh, in that nerve root area and kind of, you know, hoping that, that, that things simmer down after that. Um, so, you know, the question is basically how does he feel after that? If the, if the injection works, then certainly there's a chance he can, he can make it back even potentially by the end of the regular season, potentially, um, you know, how long will that be tough to say for sure. There hasn't been a ton of research that I'm aware of done on like professional athletes that get, uh, lumbar spine, lower back, uh, steroid injections. Um, I know there was one relatively small study done on NFL players a while back. Um, there's a lot like- on the dark web, you know, I've been digging, <laughs> you, I, mean, I guess you don't go to the dark web medical journals like I do, but <laughs> yeah. there's a lot out there. Not you got to dig for it though. I'll send, yeah, yeah. I'll send you some stuff. Just give me a, uh, a VPN. 
Fair enough. Yeah. So st- sticking to the uh, the uh, above the counter stuff here. Um, <laughs> Smart. You know, there there was a study that that some folks did a, a while back. Uh, a bunch of like a bunch of like the NFL team surgeons, I think. Um, and I want to say there were like 27 players over several years in the NFL that had lumbar spine uh, epidural injections. Um, most of them were able to, uh, the majority, I think 80s, 9, 90%, something like that, were able to return to play. And I think the, if I remember correctly, the average time missed, this is NFL again, was uh, the range was like zero to two games. So you figure, you know, um, max of like two weeks out after the injection. Um now, you know, uh, what, what does that mean? I mean, could some of them still have had a little pain and just weren't back anyway because they were like, well, I feel good enough, you know, was the pain totally resolved and everything. There's shades of gray there also, right? Like you got to think about that a little bit, but generally that's encouraging um, to say that, you know, in the NFL on a contact sport that most of these guys were able to come back within a couple of weeks um, to play professional football. Not bad. Um, I think if I remember again correctly, uh, the, the exact numbers, I think three out of the 27 ultimately ended up having surgery. So having something similar to, to what you were describing earlier with the, with the discectomy and stuff like that. Um, so three out of 27 eventually did have surgery. Uh, but, you know, overall fairly encouraging, I would say, even though it's relatively small numbers um, in terms of being able to come back after this kind of thing. Um, now, again, how does that extrapolate to Ben Simmons? You know, we, we got to see, um, hopefully, yeah, you know, he got the injection and then within a couple of weeks, he's feeling good. He starts making his way back now again with the, the Nets ramp up stuff. Right. So I, I don't know how that plays into it. Right. Do they wait, wait a couple of weeks? He feels good. And then they start ramping up, you know, and then it's three, four weeks before he's really even cleared to play. Uh, um, to say, at, at which this point we're, we're looking that, at playoffs. Right. So because backs are tricky, right. Cause it's kind of a, you know, use it or lose it kind of phenomenon too. Cause so there is a point where you do need to kind of, <laughs> that's is that what you like <laughs> that Steve much? Carell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it true? If you don't yeah. use it, you lose it. Yeah. But I think that that's, you know, there's some truth. Cause I remember like I, you know, had my surgery and then like I was putting off PT because like, I was like, it doesn't feel very good and you're not supposed to do that. But <laughs> that's not a good thing. So there is a certain like Goldilocks zone where you're supposed to actually do right. things. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's obviously you know, the benefit of being a pro athlete is that 24 seven, you're surrounded by the best resources and equipment and all that for these kind of things. So, you know, presumably yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll work with them. They'll, they'll do a good job rehabilitating him after injection or anything else that he gets. But yeah, I think, you know, if this, if this was, I don't know, three months ago or something, I think we'd all be like, all right, well, you know, a couple of weeks here or there, not a big right. deal, but now we're in crunch time seasons ending in like four weeks or something and the playoffs start. So um, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think I, I'd be very cautiously optimistic he could potentially make it back by the end of this regular season if he feels better after the injection but um you know like i said backs are tricky so you just don't know there's always that possibility that the injection doesn't work also right um mm. or or it works for a little while and then he needs another one later or then he needs surgery in the offseason i can't hear this i'm going earmuffs i can't hear this yeah esd over here from my yeah, man down yeah, there yeah. so um yeah we, we, we got to see i think all right well thank you so much for hopping on uh, if do you, again, do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Is that, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, tell, I'm always happy. Tell to, people where uh, they can find you. Yeah, so my Twitter handle is is basically my name. So at Neeraj M Patel. So N E E R A J M is in Mary P A T E L. So I'm around. Love. Um, I think I told you guys last time. I I'm still less than a year on on Twitter, but it's been fun. Kind of been able to 
uh, interact with with the rest of Nets world and all that, um, you know, rather than living my old my own silo for yeah. so many years as well, a as a maniacal crazy Nets fan. So it's great. All right. Well, thank you so much for popping on. This is so great when we can add a little like true perspective. I mean, you know, again, Brian is, uh, you know, deep in pretty I'm in the dark web <laughs> journals. So, you know, we have a lot of knowledge here, but it's nice yeah. to get official knowledge, you know, above <laughs> the counter knowledge, that's right? Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much for hopping on, man. Appreciate it, guys. Always a pleasure. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break and uh, coming back, we're going to talk more Nets. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. And we're back. Brian... Before huh. Doctor Patel so rudely interrupt. No, before he no, it was in. it was merciful. You know, it's funny. Like just to break the fourth wall, we've talked about this Please. a little bit. Like we have opinions about this about this mandate stuff and the vaccination stuff. And I always get really nervous when I start talking about it. I have thoughts. I want to communicate them, but then I get real qualifier e <laughs> about everything because it's a sensitive thing. And you know, we try to. We try to toe the line, Mike. The company line. <laughs> no, we, just we try we, to be respectful. Right. Try to like be respectful. We, because ultimately, as as much as you and I are pro-vaccine, you know, there are people on the other side of that conversation, and we're both of the, you know, I don't want to be just a jerk. Nobody wants about, to steamroll their ideas about this through. But I will say, you did a little Twitter poll recently. I was surprised by this. I was yeah. blown, honestly blown away by the amount of people that said that they were into us sort of commenting on this stuff. So I yeah, am I, I'm I put proud out a Twitter of Blue Nation. Yeah. I asked everyone, do people actually like when we talk about vaccine mandates? Because, you know, I I, I guess I, I can say I like talking about them just from from a sense of that I mostly understand them more than um, – I feel like a lot of reporters who maybe come to the team. You're a savant about following the, the mandate. If there's journalism? an intersection of mandates yeah. and sports, I, that is me. You know, I, nice. I, because I covered politi- local politics for a you number did. of years and couple of mun- couple of municipalities. You covered a couple <laughs> hardcore. Not, your, not your first ordinance. We'll call it, we'll they don't call that, me right. Mike municipalities for nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nice. Actually, no one says. But he put out a poll yesterday, and 340 people voted. 335. Two hours Huge. left to vote, so it could change. Yeah. Um, 65% of the people said they actually like. Our uh, local vaccine mandate talk. I mean, there's still 36% that don't. Yeah. And I think if we just talked about Seth Curry for a whole show, that'd be 100% approval rating. So yeah. as a producer, I think, yeah, maybe. You're like, follow the clicks, baby. You're like, give me the clicks. <laughs> yeah. But I but think it's important. And As a humanitarian, you know, you've got to go. That's the other part of you. That's the push and pull of Mike Municipality. But when before Dr. Patel dropped on, and it was so uh, lovely that he did, Um, you were getting into a a very important point and I think you've come to a realization and I don't know where I'm at. I mean, I know where I'm at, 
the fact that if Kyrie doesn't become a full time player, the, the, this season is essentially over. It could there could be success. You know, they could go to round two or I whatever. Think you, you get a fifty. You get in a shootout with really great teams, like we saw against Dallas. You know, that's that is where you get you get a, a coin without toss Kyrie, without right? Kyrie exactly, yeah. which is not ideal when you have a player of Kyrie's caliber sitting on the bench just waiting there. So. What I'm, what I'm starting to, what I want to put out there, there's been a lot of people who are pushing back on Eric Adams and, you know, that's fine. That's your prerogative. I, I don't mind that, but I would like to start directing people in the attention of let's get back to rallying around, maybe getting Kyrie vaccinated because <laughs> that is the agency that we have. We, that's a thing that you, we can actually not we, uh, but like a human maybe named Kyrie has control over that could inform the future in a way that waiting for mandates to change, especially in, like I was saying, there's been surges overseas in Hong Kong, especially there's been a big, big oil spike and nothing is certain with anything regarding that, like at all. There's just no way to hang your hat on any decision-making coming down from, from on high. So um, I also will like, as just maybe on the very off chance that Kyrie is listening to the show, like I, I urge you to see that these, the fans that you're bringing on who are like super into your position on vaccination stuff, I don't believe that they are your fans through and through. I think they, <laughs> I think that they have seized on the opportunity to, they like, they don't love you for your brain the way that it is as a evolving thing. They love you because it's seized on this ideology in this moment of time. And that's the one that they happen to, to like, as soon as you change course on that, that could watch how fast they abandon your brain. Watch how fast. I mean, it's very, it's very much like the red pilling and the Wachowski sisters now of, you know, they make this movie about the matrix. It's really about, it's a lot about a lot of things about love and transformation and all of this stuff. And it's been co-opted by some people to be about, uh, you know, there's a, there's not, there's, you're, there's a reality that you're not seeing. Right. And yeah, sure. The matrix was kind of about that, but, the Wachowskis would, I think, argue it's more about the other things that I said, where Kyrie's like, we still we still don't have a definitive proof of why he is against vaccinations, right? Like, we've we've seen some things from Matt Sullivan from the Rolling Stone, who, Melissa Magazine, who has written some good stuff about it. I think Jake Fisher has written some good stuff. Sham Sharania of The Athletic has written some stuff. Those are all data points. We still haven't really gotten from Kyrie why he's so you know, ardently against getting vaccinated. I mean, Kevin Durant, I think, came out after the Magic game and someone asked him whether he had conversations with Kyrie about getting vaccinated. And he's like, yeah, we talk about it. I told him my position. He told me his, and I just have to respect his. Um, So people are talking to him about it. The thing that you bring up, though, like we should rally around. Like, I think the reason why we don't, and I know you know this, is that it feels like it's never going to happen. Like well, there's well, there's a new plant-based vaccine, Mike, and I I feel like the, you know if I'm if I'm putting on my ad man cap as I often do, sure, um, you know I would be you know put, pointing my my finger to that piece of paper that says hey, brand new, fresh new, super organic vaccine, sure. whatever. Who cares? Sending a lot of PDFs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. dropping some and, PDFs in there, and Adobe and, Acrobat. And I, uh, you know, just like, hey, this is a new chance to um, to take another crack at this thing. I'm just saying, <laughs> we got to figure idea. out. We got to figure out something because we, I want to stack these dubs, Mike. I want to win these chips, and this is in our way. I don't care how it happens. I just have lost faith in the fact that the mandates are going to change. I, don't, I really am agnostic about it. I'm totally neutral at this point. I know that people aren't going to believe me. I don't care. I just want the dude to play, and I feel like this is the way. This is the best chance we have of doing it. 
Well, that, it's I don't want to say it's funny, but it's interesting that for Nets fans, the thing that feels the most movable is convincing the largest city government in America and one of the largest in the world, <laughs> probably the largest city government in the world, yeah. one that has their own counterterrorism department that has agents. They have NYPD officers in Afghanistan and Iraq and all these places around the world to convince this giant organization to shift an incredible mandate to carve out an exemption for Kyrie as opposed to just asking this, you know, not asking, but trying to rally around the idea of asking this one person to get a vaccine that tens and hundreds of millions of people have gotten, right? Um, but that's how clear it is that Kyrie won't get it, that people are choosing the other road, which is putting pressure on local government. Now, I, you know, I don't, I, you want to say something? Yes, sir. Well, it, it kind of blends, leads nicely into this one email that we got that was Please. A, a oh, particularly good me, um, your this boy. This is from, this is from, next up, sure, girl, oh. this is R.C. R.C. Your girl wanted um, to use the initials, so we're honoring that. And guys, she she did the right thing. She put "Don't read my name" in the top of the email, so that do you know her favorite I, soda? I do. I think I have. It's a Mister Pib. That's a Mister. Anyway, she says, <laughs> "Did I do it?" Um, okay. RC uh, says the idea was floated on Michael K uh, show, and I've actually seen this in a couple of other places. So I think it was picked up. Um, from a couple of places, but Michael Sh- uh, K show that if private sector mandate isn't lifted by playoff time, the Nets could move games to New Jersey. I believe the Izod Center is sitting empty or even Long Island. Um, so she goes on to say the Twitter jokes seem crazy in the past, but you know, is this even possible? Would the NBA allow it? What logistics would need to happen? How much would it piss off Eric Adams? Um, so I've actually seen this floated around in the Discord a little bit. Shout out to the to the to the Discord. God. Uh, Link is in the invite is in the Twitter bio and in the YouTube description below. Um, Mike, this seems very unlikely to me to the point where I would put it in. It is likelier that we play in New Jersey because Barclays got hit by a meteor, you know, like that's, that's (laughs) where, (laughs) that is where I put this. Uh, Um, I don't think that this is possible. It's, it's fantasy. It's truly fantasy. Like Josiah is an extremely wealthy person, but there are so many interests. Like he doesn't own, the IZOD Center. Like, so he doesn't have, like, I'm sure the IZOD Center would love this uh, tenant, but how odd would it be that the Nets, who already struggled to kind of build a fan base, is if they then jumped back over the river just for Kyrie Irving so he could play in these home playoff games? This season's kind of already effed, right? Dude, like, I mean, you see on one reason, but th- let me count the ways in which that can't happen. There's yes. literally, like, a hundred different ways, like equally bad reasons why this can't, or good reasons why this can't happen. Sorry, oh, I, th- I, th- I thought you were going to just bang out random, like- I mean, how about like, hey, guess what? Season ticket holders, hope you like, you know, commuting out to New Jersey. Like, you know, just, or <laughs> it's just a basic There's so like- much. <laughs> the thing about why owners love the playoffs is they make so much money on a playoff run. I think yeah. it's something like two to five million home playoff games, something like that. And by shifting it to another stadium, one, Josiah doesn't own it. So we'd have to give some amount of money to those people. They're all the people that work at Barclays that you're telling them, we're not going to pay you. Yeah. And they justifiably you, you, could you don't have a you. <laughs> you don't have a job right now because we're kowtowing to the one guy who didn't do what everybody else here did. The optics, let alone, I mean, we talk about optics too much. The optics of that, let alone the legality, are just heinous. And think about the the 
NBA fined the Nets $50,000 because Kyrie walked into the locker room. And yes. did they have to do that? They did not have to do that. Like, yeah. I understand that Kyrie going to the locker room is technically a violation of the city's private employer mandate because they consider the locker room a workspace while sitting in the stands is not a workspace. And that's why it was a violation. But the NBA didn't have to decide to do that. The NBA wouldn't be gung-ho about the idea of taking a team out of New York City and moving it to Newark for the playoff run. Like the the precedent that that would set on many levels would be so disruptive to the brand of the NBA. They would be branded as yeah. anti an anti-vax organization as as taking great efforts to thwart <laughs> anti-vax <laughs> efforts or vac- vaccination efforts it's a it's a it's so bad on so many levels so i i don't know what michael k where he fell on this but i i hope and pray that he uh, is echoing some of these thoughts because well, yeah you know but what's been happening so the biggest piece of news that came out this week relating to vaccines or not vaccines the mandate is that it was confirmed and it should have been known all the time, but it was confirmed that the Yankees and Mets players that are unvaccinated, which there are many more players in baseball that are unvaccinated than there are in basketball. Basketball is like a remarkably high number of vaccinated players in terms of percentage. Baseball is like there are many teams below 80% in terms of guys on the field. There's some teams that are maybe like 50% on the field. Um, that those got, that the Yankees and Mets playing an outdoor game where they're in no way close to the crowd, cannot play because they are private employers and they fall into the private employer mandate. Now, Eric Adams, the mayor, has floated that he is talking and trying to figure out, and there's many days until opening day, and that maybe an exception could be, he didn't say even say an exception, maybe something could be changed, stuff could be peeled back. The Yankees put out a statement saying that Randy Levine, who I think is one of their owners and the team president, is working with City Hall to try to figure out a solution. Okay, so if anything, the Yankee pressure and the Mets pressure is extremely helpful to the Nets' cause. Opening day is April 7th. The Nets would have two home games after April 7th, and then they would have the playoffs. You talk about there's spikes in cases in different places around the world, so it's even tough for us to predict two weeks from now what's going to be different here in New York. Um Everyone that's banking on the fact that the Yankees and Mets thing is going to help Kyrie, there's one major difference. One, baseball's much bigger than the Nets, unfortunately. And two, it's an outdoor sport versus an indoor sport. And, you know, no matter however we want to talk about science, it's pretty easy to be like, well, they play outside and we let people outside be unvaccinated. We will let that, we will carve out that exception. But an indoor facility, which has always been treated differently than outdoor facilities, we're going to continue to treat indoor facilities the way we are treating them now. It's a sticky, sticky situation. Uh, it, it's a sticky wicket. I, you know, again, I will continue to say that the reason that the city is doing this is to have a foot in the world of mandates writ large because it is. It is very hard to get mandates in place. They they don't they actually pull better than I thought. I went and looked at them, and like there's not like it's still a plurality, a majority of people that that are uh, in favor of mandates for the, specifically the employer mandate. So I don't know whatever. Well, but, that's and that and that's because most people in New York are vaccinated, right? So like if yeah. you're vaccinated, why would you not support a mandate? Because you you are already in the club. Not yeah. to make too big of a comparable here, but this is going to get very political. You ready for this? Okay. 
I'm ready. There's there there's a fair majority of I won't even go down this road. It's oh, so okay. political. Yeah, wow. Oh. Reverse track. I love I'm that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> stop it. Okay. <laughs> love that. It's um it's it's not even worth it. But here's the thing. Okay. okay. There's still the perception problem. There's still like this Kyrie sitting courtside, then he can't play basketball. There's still the the New York City mandate being just a, a fodder of content for Fox News yeah. and all those places. You know, pol- political organizations don't love that. And I've said this over and over again, and I truly mean this. I am pro-vaccine. I am pro-mandating vaccines in many, many places. But by having these huge loopholes and these glaring public examples, they damage the credibility of all mandates because it gives anti-vax populations a real clean example to be like, this is bad. This is dumb. What is science? This ain't science, right? Like that, that is what this Kyrie situation does. So if I was, if I was in the inner circle of mayor, Eric Adams, and even if I was wearing a Nets Jersey that day, I was wearing my Keith Bogans Jersey. Mm. I would say to mayor Adams, this Kyrie situation isn't about Kyrie. You talk about it's being bigger than one person, but it's, it's bad for the totality. If we're trying to, um, have great public health policy that people want to follow. The Kyrie situation is a bad thing to continue to have out there. Mm. They should be an exemption for if you're a performer who, where the audience can be unvaccinated, you yourself are allowed to be a performer and be unvaccinated. If the if the attendees are allowed to be unvaccinated, you yourself should allow it to be unvaccinated. Now that could open up to restaurants and that's all, that's where it gets to back to the sticky wicket. But mm. you know, I just think it's bad policy having, to have having something waited that's tables, so blaringly obvious. I've waited tables in my life and I got to tell you, it's a bit of a pr- performance. It's a performance art. You know, there's a whole explain <laughs> that. <laughs> well, you know, when you get to a table and you kind of read the, the vibe, you know, you might affect your personality and just, just so in order to, to set the, set the mood. Just right for the for the perfect evening. I would like, love to see different Brian Egan personalities. I've every you know it's like um, with everybody I've got a whole t- totally different person. I'm a complete social chameleon and a psychopath, <laughs> Mike. But we've hit the perfect amount of time to end our yes. show. We didn't we didn't talk too much about basketball, but hey, that's that's the net season this year. So this was this was maybe I don't know. We'll, yeah, I feel but, a little bad because that that Mavericks <laughs> game was so incredible in the but you know. But there'll be more games. Everyone watches the games. This is, you know, you come to the glue guys because you've seen the game and you have all of the basketball, the high level basketball takes on index cards that are pinned to your uh, refrigerator. Mike, get us out of here. Hey, uh, listen to us here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Search the glue guys. If you, if you have never found us before, you can search glue guys. At the glue guys <laughs> on Twitter. That's LA.com. The athletic get yourself behind the paywall. I think it's like a dollar a month. To get I in saw, right now, I saw it's a dollar a month. That's as that's as low as it can go, buddy. I mean, at this point, if you're not a subscriber to the Athletic, just jump in a dollar a month. You, I'm I will not be offended if you cancel and you're like, ain't for me. I think you're gonna love it though. You're gonna love being inside this paywall. I love I love mine. I love mine. Hey, thanks everybody. We're out of here. Bye bye now. Bye bye, Mike. <laughs>